Africa Connected, your link to Africa's markets, brought to you by Standard Bank. Your partner for growth on this continent, we call home. Hashtag Africa Connected. Thanks, Morena. And Nikiwe Bikicha on the line to us from Lagos in Nigeria. You've had a busy day. Sahara Jet Fuel. I'm assuming Sahara Jet Fuel has got nothing to do with Sahara Computers in South Africa. Not at all. This is a company that was founded by three Nigerians in 1996. Bruce, it's an oil, gas and energy conglomerate and one of the largest in this country. Okay, so you spent some time at the Sahara Fuel Depot. Was it impressive? It was exceedingly impressive, Bruce. I mean, you know, I've been going around the continent, going to plants, to um, harbors, to factories, and all manner of things. So this is my first experience at a fuel depot. So I was very, very thrilled to do that. And so was the team which was taking me around, Bruce, a team of engineers and technicians from Sahara Jet Fuel. I get the sense that, you know, not ordinary people never generally show an interest in what they do. Meanwhile, it's the nuts and bolts which actually make the business run. Oil seems glamorous at a distance because of its wealth, but this is the real hard work that needs to be done. And they took me through in great detail and intricacy the minutiae of what happens when they transport their fuel from their onshore depot all the way to this particular depot, which is the jet fuel one in the premises of the airport. It's very detailed, Bruce, a great deal of emphasis on safety, of course, because fuel is flammable, but also on the quality of the fuel, because it has to be precisely the same quality that it was when it left the onshore depot all the way until it gets there, because obviously you don't want to mess around with jet fuel. The moment there's a bit of water or there's a change in temperature or volume or velocity, it could have serious implications for the aircraft in which it's going to be used. And so I got a sense of what is involved in making sure that happens at Sahara Jet. You've been paying attention, I can tell. You see, I can pay you. You, 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 too, you took your notes and you absorbed. Um, but now, Nikki, Nikki, this is a country which is a very substantial oil producer. It's a member of OPEC, but they've got no refining capacity. So they've got this depot. They're importing all of this refined fuel. Is, did you pick up any sort of sense of frustration um, that they don't have this refining capacity of their own? question to Tonya Cole, who is the co-founder and uh, executive director of Sahara. And he told me, as we know, that Aliko Dangote, of course, Africa's richest man, is building a refinery. It's going to be the first one here a few kilometers outside of, of Lagos. So that's going to be a huge improvement. And the government itself has three of its own refineries, which are not in very good condition. So there is, at, at the moment, a process to ensure and introduce public-private partnerships to ensure that those refineries are up and running and well-managed. And what Tonya Cole was saying is that they're be huge opportunities because obviously it can only grow uh, from then on. But he's a very, very interesting man, Bruce, I must tell you, because this company, which they founded in 1996, merely then an oil and gas company, has now gone on to be a major player in electricity generation. We spoke yesterday about what a serious need there is here in Nigeria for that. And he says at the moment they're generating over 1,300 megawatts of electricity, hoping to double that soon. Now, this is interesting, Bruce, because for Nigeria to be fully optimal when it comes to energy and electricity, it needs between 50,000 and 75,000 megawatts of electricity. So there's a huge need because at the moment it's only producing about 4,000 megawatts. So as far as investment opportunities in Nigeria, this is the biggie. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what about the concerns around the level of the Naira, concerns around... 
um, the, the economy of Nigeria. I mean, as you talk to people in this gas and oil industry, which is absolutely the backbone of the Nigerian economy, um, what, what are their broad concerns on the state of that economy? You know, some of the major concerns which are coming up is because, as, as we spoke yesterday, the commodity price is taking a serious knock. And it obviously, it forces Nigeria to actually deal with the lack of diversity in its economy. And what happened after the prices fell, and Nigeria took steps to try and defend the Naira. And those steps haven't been very popular. What it's led to is a black market in trade of dollars and Naira. And, and, and this is something which has concerned international organizations like the World Bank and the IMF. They're saying, get your house and order. You can't have this seemingly dubious system of, of trading and parallel markets. You have to get that in order. And why this is going to be important, Bruce, is because Nigeria is hoping um, in the near future to get a billion-dollar loan from the World Bank and a half-a-billion-dollar loan from uh, the African Development Bank. And part of the concern is that what are you doing about your currency? What, in, what policies are you going to introduce to stabilize that and, and not dabble in this kind of instability? How's your Yoruba? Not very good. <laughs> if I said to you, Odabo Nikiwe, what would you say? Good night, Bruce. <laughs> we, I, told you, you, I, th- I told you you were good. Nikiwe Bikicha, Africa Connected correspondent on the line to us from Lagos in Nigeria, having a fascinating trip. And she's had lots of these fascinating trips across many of the uh, sort of business epicenters across this African continent. And I think she's learning an incredible amount and, of course, helping us to learn more about the continent uh, that we call home.